The following program is awesome as fuck. Viewer discretion is advised. Do you make your own decisions? Is someone else making them right now? I'm looking at you, Bob. Are you made of particles? Or is there something more taking place? When you make a bad decision, are you going to blame yourself? Or are you going to blame God? Or Satan? Or nothing at all? Do you have permission to cry yourself to death because you make zero decisions about where your life is headed? Do you see the people around you as robots, puppets, or other almost human figures? Is everything on this planet a mistake? Or was everything written this way? Are you experiencing reality? Or is it just the particles floating around inside your skull? You better strap in because this is a deep rabbit hole. And now, from the underbelly of the heart of Texas, it's Gonzo School. All right, today on the show, we're talking about free will. And I'm joined by Mantidote, who we call Man, and we've got Tony Bruno. If you guys want to introduce yourselves and uh, and just let everybody know what you're about, the important places to uh, find you at. Yeah, I'm just a good old boy. <laughs> no, you can find me at Primal Man on YouTube. I don't I don't really have a whole lot to say about myself. We'll see how we'll see how that turns out in the video. I'll, I'll touch in on a few topics, and this ought to be a lot of fun. Back to you, Tony. I'm Tony Bruno. You can find me on social media: Instagram, Twitter, Parlor at T Twenty One Surfer. That's T Two One. Surfer. Also, YouTube channel is Tony Bruno, T21 Surfer, or T21 Surfer, Tony Bruno. Same channel. If you want to find more about me, go to my channel. You can find all you need to know. That's it. Subscribe, like, and share on all these channels, fellas. Yeah. I'll have the links in the description for everybody as well. So, so So tonight's topic is free will. And I guess the most important thing we can get to is what even is free will? What even is it as an idea? There's like an intellectual side to it. There's like a societal side to it. And then there's a spiritual side to it. So, mm-hmm. so what is free will? I think of free will as being, at least, at least when, I was, when I started looking into this, this topic, it's just the idea that your choices are your own. Like me as an artist, when I sit down to create a, a picture or a short story or something like that. Am I really making the choices that I'm making on my own or is something else influencing it? Is there something beyond me where this is coming from? That's the question. So what do you guys think about that? Like what is, what, what is your own outlook on free will? I would absolutely say that something or someone or some idea is influencing our decisions. Uh, free will to me is uh, independence complete independence to decide if I want to get out of bed or I don't want to get out of bed. I want to have that choice. I don't want anyone to have that power over me. And so that would be free will, complete free will, in my opinion. Well, I I think um, for me, it's discerning. I think a lot of people would get freedom and free will in the same category, which I think those are actually two different categories. I think free will is simply being able to choose what you want to do when you want to do it, where freedom is the ability mm-hmm. for free will. Yes. Makes any sense. Yes, it makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. So that's kind of my um, 
Reader's Digest version of free will. That's a good way to put it. Freedom to have free will. Free will yeah. is only as good as the freedom you have to express that free will. I didn't look at it like that until just now. Yeah, that's absolutely right. So the reason why I selected this topic tonight was because, um, I mean, this subject gets people depressed. I'm okay. not sure if you guys have, have noticed, you know, this, but I've seen it a lot on social media. I've seen it in, you know, comment sections on videos and things on this subject that guys will get really depressed because, you know, I, this, I read this one comment. It was just heartbreaking. This guy was like, I realized today that I don't even think that I have free will and I'm terribly sad about it. Like I started crying because I realized I didn't have any free will. You know, I don't make any choices and stuff like that. And it's just like, wow, like this is the kind of darkness that we're dealing with. On a large scale. On a very large scale. And some people, and the interesting thing about it is that some people think about it that way. And then there are some people who they go their whole lives and they're like, what? Like, that's what you're, that's what you're freaking out over. But I think it's important. It's an important conversation to have because I mean, I think, I think if we're going to, you know, talk about something like nihilism and depression and all these things, I think it's, I think free will is at the core of all of it, really. Never thought of it like that. Let, let me bring up a, a interesting point. We talk about free will. So let's go down. And it's up to you if you want to go down this rabbit hole. But what about free will when it comes to abortion? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a tough one. Well, and there's, there's free will when it comes to legislation in general. You know, I've always I've always wondered, like, you know, as a as a Christian or as a as even just as a person, are we obligated to make laws out of certain things or are some people just going to, you know, be in their wickedness no matter what? You know, are laws redundant because, you know, bad people generally don't follow laws anyway. Mm -hmm. So that's another side of it. Laws are for law abiding citizens. Yeah. It's like with the gun thing, too, like with with gun regulation and uh, gun uh, control, I guess, or gun repossession. They might as well call it. But yeah, I'd like to add this. Uh, many people would probably d disagree with me. And there may be a lot of people that would agree with me. I think we have too much regulation, even in America, on uh, me and Tony was sort of talking about this a little bit. The regulations on a, on a small business, the regulations just to get in your vehicle that you purchased with your own money and drive down the street. There are so many things that we need to have just to have those basic abilities, those basic freedoms. And I think we have a little bit of we have a little bit too much regulation. And I'm for making a better society with certain boundaries and order. But people run with that and go too far. I, I do believe we have too many restrictions in a lot of different areas of our of our society in America. Well, what's happened is, is that we we vote in politicians that are supposed to work for us. Yes, that's not what. That is not what's happening. I mean, everybody's voted for that guy, I'm sure. And then he does something. You're like, wait, that's not what he made a decision. It wasn't a decision based on the consensus of the people that voted for him. It was a decision that he made because now he's in power. Mm -hmm. So, you know, people say, oh, you know, use your vote to make a difference. That's not the case right now at all. And I have never, people will hate me for this, but I have never seen that as the case, as my vote. You know, I just personally, and I know people would jump me and, and 
and go after me for saying that. But uh, at the end of the day, it's 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 sort of like what you just said, Tony. It doesn't. Your vote doesn't matter right now. Yeah. And right now, it seems like it doesn't. Right. Pretty much. And I I mean I hear some people saying there's going to have to be some sort of something else going on. We can't just, you know, vote to protect our freedoms anymore. You know, I've heard people mm-hmm. throwing that around. So I guess we'll just have to see what happens there, but mm-hmm. that's pretty serious. Yep. Well, you know, when it comes to like voting and we're still on the subject of free will, of course, mm. I think it's time where the average person should run for office. Somebody who's in the trenches. I've heard that a lot lately. Your politician that's been in office for, 10, 15 years is no longer an average person. No. So it's not what the people want. He's not living the regular person's life in any way, shape or form. No way. And is that inevitable to happen to people when they get into political power? That is it? Is it inevitable that they're going to go down that path? A bad path? Look at Donald Trump. Yeah. He didn't go down that path. Yeah. And people will argue about that, but that's sure. the truth. Sure. Yeah. I find it it's kind of difficult to, uh, in my experience, to talk to people who haven't run a business and to talk about things like regulation because it's such a huge problem. And I didn't realize how much of a problem it was until I tried to start my own business in California, <laughs> which is like probably the most regulated state out of any in California, just in the United States. It's California. My advice is when you do start a business, bypass it immediately then later on then you can get legit but Mm. dude it's i would tell anybody don't make a product and sell it that's how you start a business then worry about the 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 regulations of all that that's just me that's just my opinion so most most people start out of their their garage you know right and that's to me that's the only way to start a business if you go into it looking at all the regulations you're, you're gonna have the wind knocked out of your out of your sails you know so just kind of wanted to throw that out there. When I started my business about probably 27 years ago, 28 years ago, the regulations weren't there. I could do pretty much what I wanted with my simple occupational license. And then all of a sudden they certified trades, which means I have to be certified in every trade that I work in, which now costs me money per license. Yeah, um, And then also the regulations for inspections. Now I follow all the rules through my business because I am a licensed contractor. Mm-hmm. But I do pay a lot in license fees. I pay things. I am a corporation. So I pay things like unemployment tax. Um, I can't collect unemployment being self-employed, mm-hmm. I, but I do pay for those who, who do collect unemployment. So that's frustrating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's part of a part of a small business, but um, there's you know having a good accountant is is important because all the things that I would forget about, you know, all sorts of little payments that's like, oh, this is coming out of your checking account this month. This is coming out of your checking account next month. To be honest, most of it I don't even know what it is, but it has something to do with this tax, that tax. So, yeah. Uh, I want to throw this out there really quick. The only problem with that to me is, do we really believe that that's what we should be doing or we're doing that because we have to? And to me, that's a problem. If someone's going to tell me that I have to do something and I don't believe that I should have to do it, I really could. 
I'm not going to do it. That's just me. I don't call me what you want. I'm not going to do something I don't want to do. Now, we can we can get into that and get up and go to work. Sometimes I don't want to go to work. That's I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the if I don't believe in a cause, I'm just I'm not I'm not going to do it. And unfortunately, we have to to function in our society with business, you know, and, and making your businesses legit. We have to. But we overlook the fact that we don't even sometimes we don't even question it. We just do it because we have to. That's that's something you can think about or go down that rabbit hole. In in my business, which is funny because I'll have somebody call me and say they need one window replaced. Mm-hmm. When I tell them I have to pull a permit, they're like, what? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I have to pull a permit for one door, mm-hmm. one window. I don't care if the window is, you know, 600 bucks, mm-hmm. you know, 800 bucks installed. I still have to pull a permit. Do you, do you think you should have to do that, Tony? I think what it's done here in Florida, it's, it's, it's weeding out the um, kind of the riffraff. Yeah, sure. And that's, that's- in, in that business, I, in that part of my business, I think it in, increases the quality of work because sure. it has to be installed according to code. And we have hurricanes and things like that. But I think that's, uh, you know, I think it's important. But it also adds to the cost. You know, the, you know, the minimum of me preparing a permit and the permit cost, probably the minimum is $200, $250, up to $350, $400, depending on the size of the job. So that adds to the cost. Plus, it adds to time, too, because you have to be there for an inspector. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm the type of guy I've gotten bit in the butt because of my stubbornness towards things that Legally, I have to do that. I just don't believe in or I don't want to do because I think it's complete bullshit. But I've I've gotten bit in the butt before because of that. So is it free will? I mean, back on the topic of free will, do I really have free will at that point? Or has my free will been taken away from me because I'll get a fine if I don't comply or my business won't be able to operate? So, boy, that's a rabbit hole we can really talk about right now. Well, yeah, I mean, if you're if you're a self-employed if you if you're a um I'm not sure if I want to use the term self-made but I guess self-made is the best way to describe it. If you're somebody who's just going out, you're on your own, you have your ideas and you're trying to make something of yourself and you don't want to turn to somebody else as an employer. Um and you want that freedom, ultimately, depending on your state, you're going to be doing the will of your state mm-hmm. on some level. Mm-hmm. You're going to be doing the will of the government. And unfortunately, you get punished for being mm-hmm self-employed you get punished for being innovative in this country which i think is and how do they punish you money they take your money taxes yeah taxes fees fines fines penalties if you don't abide yeah and i can tell when people are starting to i saw somebody post somewhere they were like what do you guys think of my spreadsheet this is like my startup expenses for my business and i saw like eight a nice little eight hundred dollars written on there i'm like you're starting your business in California, aren't you? Like they, they have you arbitrarily just pay $800 just to have your business exist, regardless of how much you make. Like you could make nothing and you're going to owe them $800. You pay that to your city. You pay that to California. To the state. To the state. Yeah. Yeah. That's not even, that's not even counting whatever the, the city is going to require. I know if you're in some place like, um, oh, where's the Queen Mary at? I'm trying to think. That place is really expensive. Long Beach and... If you're in LA, oh man, like it's going to be a disaster. And if you want to start your LLC or where, where, whatever it is, if you want to start it in another state, I mean, you're still going to have to contend with this, this you know, the state you're in. So I'm, I tell people if they want to start 
their business do not come to California. Do not go. <laughs> do not go anywhere near that state. Go as far away from these blue states as you can. If you can, start them in some place like, like I don't know, Delaware or like Wyoming or something where they don't care. Does Louisiana have state tax, man? Yeah. Do you? Florida doesn't have state tax. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they get us everywhere else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We got for sure have state tax. Yep. I don't think New York has state tax. No, New York doesn't have sales tax. Yeah, New York actually, I, I think if you're New York City, you pay federal tax, state tax, and city tax. Okay. You get what hit the? in New York City at three times, I believe. Yeah. You can fact check me on that, but I'm pretty sure about that. Yeah, it's a road. Well, it certainly isn't free will in that sense. So, you know, yeah, ultimately, you know, you're going to have to, you're going to be at odds with the authorities at that point. You know, anytime you, anytime you innovate, it just scares the daylights out of people to step out of line in that regard, to, 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 to step out of the security of having, well, the security in air yeah. quotes of having an employer and, you know, you file your W-2 every year and, you know, they make it makes it really easy. Makes it easy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I heard Jesse talking about this one day about about when you own your home, you really you can have your home free and clear, but you still never own that home because. What do you have to pay every year? Property tax. Property tax. If you don't pay your property tax, what do they do? They take your home. <laughs> yeah. Do you, how do you feel about that, Tony? I think there should be some sort of, um, like after you've owned your home for 20 years, like homesteaded, there should be no property tax after that point. Mm-hmm. They're just trying to get their share. That's it. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of horrifying because I remember years ago reading something about uh, the founding of America after a great deal of tribulation. You know, I can't remember who it was that wrote like, oh, if taxes, if taxes rise above, what was it, like 4% or something, then there's going to be blood in the streets. <laughs> and Where are we at now, like 9%? Yeah, I mean, if you're self-employed, it's like, what, like 30%? Yeah, it's about, yeah, it's about 30, 30, I'm going to say 30, 40, per, probably 30, probably minimum of 30% for me. It's a nightmare, you know, good luck. So yeah, you're free will, free will. As long as you play within the rules, you play by the rules, you have free will, but play by our rules. It's like free speech. It's like free. We, we allow free speech, but you got to accept the consequences of of your free speech or whatever that means. Yeah. Free speech doesn't have consequences other than, you know, the consequences of, I guess people can react to it or what have you, but people can feel how they want to feel about it. But that's, uh, you know, you can say whatever you want to say and not be thrown in the gulag, you know. So I guess that's kind of like the societal look at it. I guess your free will will only go as far as your your jurisdiction and your country. And then we have free will of the intellectual, like the physiological free will. And like the Christian atheist debate, I hear this a lot where it's like, you know, if I pick up this coffee mug, did God write that down? Like, did God plan that out? Like, he's going to pick up this coffee mug. Is this like that, that, that one movie, like Stranger Than Fiction or whatever? Is all this written out? Am I just moving along a course and I'm not even realizing it? Am I a puppet on a string? Or God's will, right? Am I following God's will? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or you, you dig into guys like uh, like Thomas Ligotti. Well, he's a horror fiction writer, but he, he wrote a, a nonfiction book called The Conspiracy Against the Human Race. And I recommend it if you want to understand exactly what it means to be in the darkest mindset possible. 
Thomas Ligotti, I think, was a corporate guy and he worked for a long time and, you know, different office jobs and stuff. And he's always had terrible depression and manic depressive disorder and these kinds of things that he's talked about. I mean, I think it, it goes beyond saying that he believes in nothing. He not only believes in nothing, but he believes that having children, as an example, is evil. It's actually one of the most reprehensible things you could do on this planet is to have a child because you're going to you're subjecting evil to pure innocence. And in his view, being born or whatever is a curse. It's like I didn't opt into this. And that's that's what he's living out every day. And so I don't know if and and, and he plays frequently if you read his fiction, he plays with this metaphor, this imagery of puppets. And how people are always just tied to strings and people act like they don't really act like people in, in his fiction. They kind of act like like robots, like animatronics. Players in a play. Yeah, actors yeah. in a play. Precisely. Very yeah. odd, lonely characters. And so that's the other side of it that I think of is like, are people tied to strings in that sense? And some people are now trying to back this up with science. They're actually doing science on this. And I saw somebody say that, well, it's conclusive. We don't make our own decisions. And um, there was a study that was done and it was like, well, we put a person in front of a computer and we had them choose left or right. And we were able to predict their response 30 seconds before they made their decision. And I just don't think that's conclusive. So I would say puppets on a, a string to answer that question. We become puppets on a string when we become slaves to our egos or slaves to what we want other people to think of us. So, for instance, I may be a, you know, whatever, uh, say, say a basketball player. OK, and I'm a superstar. I have to carry myself like that, because if I don't, someone may see me out of that, that idea that they have of me and think less of me. They're playing me like a puppet. My ego is, is attached to people's expectations of me whether it be because I'm trying to make more money or I'm trying to gain more fame, I think it's extremely important to just kind of bring it together. I think it's extremely important to sever that, to sever that ego attachment. And that to me is, is a form of a puppetry or slavery. And that's what I would say how people become puppets is when we attach who we want to people to perceive us as with our egos in, in a sense. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I see exactly where you're coming from. Oh, I want to add one more thing. Mm -hmm. I think that's why we have so many celebrities end it because they can't, they don't have that freedom. They're, they're so attached to this, this, this idea that other people have of them that they, they're not free to do something else with their lives. So that can really get you in a dark place. And I think that's why we have a lot of celebrity suicides because of that very, uh, that very phenomenon. Anyway, that was all. I, I think a lot of people, when they become famous, I think a lot of times the, there's different things what you're famous for. I think a politician, politician or an actor, it, there's different avenues of why you want to get there. A politician, I don't think politicians nowadays are in it to help people. They're in it for the money because they know after their 20 years, they're going to be very wealthy. I think an actor or somebody like that, once they do reach that fame, have all that money, what else is there? Mm -hmm. what, 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 what else do they have after that? Yeah. And what else also, what happens if they don't want to play that role anymore? Mm -hmm. They don't want to be that guy anymore. I they mean, just, imagine being that famous where you go out and you can't go anywhere unless you got, you know, a hoodie on, a hat, you know, baseball cap looking down so people don't recognize you. I think 
the average person would think, oh, I would love that. I'm rich. I can do whatever I want. But actually, you can't. Yeah. So they actually lose their free will unless they go to another country. And depending how famous they are, mm-hmm. you know. And think about guys like, say, like Jim Carrey, for example. How many people you think he sees about, you know, he goes out the house. People see him. Hey, hey, do you do do Ace Ventura? Be Ace Ventura. You know what I mean? And he's just like, can I just go and get my food or can I just go and get my cup of coffee or something? Yeah. You know? I'll give you a quick story about my brother. I mean, we spent we spent uh, a week at Disney with my two brothers. It was surprising how many people recognized my brother. Mm-hmm. It was kind of weird. It was weird for me. It was weird yeah. for my younger brother. You know, one guy was like, my brother was just sitting back at the little park bench at the resort, smoking a pipe, and the guy stops. We're sitting there, me and my brother. We're having a few cocktails, and the guy just kept double looking, and he had to come over, and he's like, are you George Bruno? He's like, yeah, yeah, how you doing? Good to meet you. And me and my younger brother are looking at each other like, boy, that's weird. What the? Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, and that happened probably a couple times in the theme parks and a couple times at the resort. So Nice. You know, I just thought that was kind of strange. I've never expected that, you know. I never forget. I'll tell you all a funny story really quick. This was back in 2015, many moons ago. I uh, was in the process of opening a warehouse gym and uh, I quit my job, Put basically put all my pennies into this gym. And uh, I went over to uh, St. Petersburg to get a feel for how Elliot Holtz was running his warehouse gym. I wanted to like put myself in that environment, see what he was doing, see what those, you know, the workouts and just just immerse myself in the warehouse gym uh, business and idea because I loved I loved his his business and whatnot. And I remember, I remember I was so, so excited to be there. I was just right in St. Petersburg, not far from his gym, maybe 10 minutes from his gym at a hotel. And I was talking to the uh, clerk. She's like, what are you, what are you in town for? I said, oh, I'm, I'm going, I'm visiting from uh, Louisiana over here. I'm going to the uh, strength camp gym. You probably know the guy, Elliot Hulse. He's pretty famous, you know? And she was like, I don't know who that is. <laughs> and I was just like disheartened. I'm like, Wait, you mean like he's? Oh, okay. So, so I thought that was interesting. You know that that my my perception of him online and of famous people, like you were saying about your brother. You know, it's interesting. I mean, you know, it's it's funny because even even at the last twenty one convention where people had come up to me and said, "Hey, are you Tony Bruno?" Which I've never had people yeah say that to me. Hey, I've seen your videos, I've seen your interviews, and so I thought that was kind of. You know, it was just it was different. You know, it's not like you get a big head or anything like that. I just yeah. thought it was, I've never had people, you know, do that. I, I like on this the video I did with Coach Greg Anthony on the 21 Studios video premiere in the description of the video. It says meet Tony Bruno and Coach Greg Adams at the 21 Summit in October of next year. So I thought that was, you know, so it's mm-hmm. like putting me as a personality, which I, I think is cool. But, you know. What it is, is like us three are here right now talking. Um, a lot of people can't do this. Can't be, you know, can't can't go on a camera and they get camera shy. And I was guilty of that. Mm-hmm. So when you do this, you're actually bigger than life to a lot of people that which realistically what percentage of people in the world actually do this very small percentage. Mm-hmm. So you're actually a bigger than life personality because mm-hmm. they spent all this time listening to you, watching you. That's uh, right. So you become something bigger in their eyes. You That's know? right. 
And and a lot of it has to do like I me and my brother have talked about like fanboy, you know, fanboys. You've heard that phrase, the fanboy, you know, like the only one probably at that I was kind of a fanboy to was Jesse Lee Peterson for a little bit. How could you not? I'm just because I'm like, wow, yeah. this is cool. You know, I've watched so much of his content and here I am, you know, spending, you know, a couple of days with him and, you know, and guarding him and all sorts of stuff. So, you know, I, I had to get over the, the fanboy mindset. You know? Yeah. Now, can, can you imagine the, the uh, attachment when you know that you've reached a certain level and people see you that way? Now you're in a put in a position where you don't want to disappoint them. Now you tied yourself up to those strings, up to that up to that puppeteer. You know, in a sense, not completely. And now you don't want to let these people down because they have a certain image of you, and you want to uphold that because not only is it good for your ego, good for them, it's going to boost your your identity in whatever direction you're trying to go in. Why? For more money, for mm-hmm. a bigger bigger kingdom, bigger empire that you're building. And so at what point does it become unhealthy? And uh, that's when I think we lose our free will to tie it together. When we lose our free will, that's when it becomes unhealthy, when we can't detach from that. And that's all I wanted to add on that. It's important. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, we're still on the topic of somebody famous. So mm-hmm. somebody famous loses their free will. I mean, you kind of do. Yeah. Yeah. The more fame you have, the more power you have, you know, you don't have the same freedom as, you know, us three here. Go wherever you want, do whatever you want, pretty much, you know, without somebody, you know, in your face or like I say, wanting to get an autograph or, you know, can you do this? Can you say that? You know, people, I think, identify, especially actors with characters. Exactly. So you see that person, you're thinking like, you know, whether it be uh, what's his name from Seinfeld, George Costanza, uh, you expect him to be George Costanza when, right. when you meet him. And he's not, you know. So but as far as like free will as like an average guys like us, again, I think freedom and free will are two different things. Without freedom, you can't have free will. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's spot yeah. on. I would agree. Yeah. I mean, with actors specifically, I mean, yeah, actors are some of the most invisible people, really, when you think about it. Um, and kind of Hollywood as, I mean, any sort of personality-based thing. And I, I find that that interesting, too, when people play with that, because it's like a, to go to like the philosophical side of it. Carl Jung had that thing where it was like the, the persona and the shadow. I think there's the ego as well or something that's in there somewhere. Basically, it was a balance between the persona and the shadow. And the, the persona is kind of like the order. It's like that, that facade that everybody wears, that impression that you want to give people. And then the shadow is that real like chaos, that real. That's what I was going to say. The shadow is reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The shadow is what's within. Find that interesting, too, because people are often controlled by that. They're controlled by by their persona, they're controlled by you know, all sorts of things. Now, I think of somebody like Cole Robinson, right? Now, Cole Robinson isn't it? He's not an actor. He's he's just a dude. One of the one of the things he's done is I would say he's he's like exaggerated himself to get his message out there, and he comes off very intense. And I'm sure, like you know, and you kind of get a sense for this when he's not you know making his videos, but he's not really that intense all the time. He's not just screaming at people like, "Hey, fatty." Start fucking fasting, fatty. But he's just, uh, you know, he's like, he's a down to earth guy, but he has amplified himself 
for his message. And so I find that kind of interesting. He doesn't come off as fake when he does that, you know, when I see that. I, I think I think the reason for that is he genuinely wants to help people. Mm-hmm. I think his his mission is very genuine. Yeah. And I think if it wasn't, he would be rejected by everybody rather than people gravitating to him. You know, I mean, I started watching him. I want to think he had I don't think he had three, four thousand subscribers on YouTube. And I watched him grow, I think, within six months to like one hundred and fifty thousand subs by screaming at people. Hey, fatty. You know, I mean, have you seen any of these videos, man? No. He just stands in front of the camera. For what, 60 seconds? You almost think there's nothing going. He's just standing there. And then he'll just scream at the camera, hey, fatty, just like that. You'll be like, and then you just, if you've ever seen his live streams, which I he hasn't done any really recently, I don't think. But if you can catch a live stream, it's just, you want to see the chat just fill up. You know, He's brutal, huh? Not that he's brutal. He's he's just, um, he should tell the though. truth. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, brutal truth. That's what it is. Yeah. I mean, you can find it with snake diet. Just look up snake diet on YouTube. And, yeah. and I think uh, on Instagram, I think he's on Instagram. It's, I think it's snake diet wizard. Mm-hmm. That might okay. be. Yeah. Not even sure if that's his YouTube, but uh, yeah, he's, he's very intense. What do you fellas think about identifying with a personality? Do you see yourself having a personality? Or is your personality given to you by someone else? Because as, as little kids, our, our parents may say, oh, this is my quiet one. And she'll refer to your other sibling that this is my kind of wild one, you know. And so you're like, well, I'm quiet. OK, cool. And you kind of go out your life saying my mom thinks I'm quiet. You, you sort of fit that mold as you get older. And is our personality, where do we get our per- the perception of our personality? That's something on a philosophical standpoint of free will we can we can dive into. That's a good question. I mean, I like my instinct is to say that it's like it's like a whole of thirds. So like you've got you've got, you know, any like traumas, any like any anything that's happened in your past that would sort of influence that. Right. And um, maybe how you were raised. I mean, yeah. And I mean, actually, maybe that's just it. Maybe that's just it. Like you've because you're you're identifying with your traumas, though. You're building yeah. a personality off your traumas. Mm-hmm. You're building a personality off your experiences. So is it really your personality? Like, you know what I mean? I mean, I guess it's it's a, you can't really put your finger on it. We had talked about evolution. Was it last night? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think your personality can evolve. So, oh, for sure. Yeah. One of the things that I, th- I think is incredibly disturbing, and I, I wrote about this in the book that I'm working on right now, but the, uh, the way that people identify with their like like things that they put on a pedestal almost as you know their assets. My asset as a person is that I'm depressed and I'm I have uh, PTSD. Now it's like a badge of honor when you say you have PTSD or you have like ADHD or you have you know depression. It's like these things are now badges of honor. That's uh, correct. And it's like what you know and, and like you go you go to the store. And you see shirts, the shirts that people are buying, the shirts that people are selling, but also the shirts that people are buying because they wouldn't be putting them out there if there wasn't a market for it. And it's all of these things that are just very antisocial, kind of nerd, kind of loner sort of stuff is in. Like one shirt that says right on the front, I have issues. (laughs) I've seen that shirt. I have issues right on the front of the shirt. What the? Yep. 
I mean, today, today when I was at the store, I literally, I saw somebody wearing a shirt and it literally, it just said virginity rocks. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what, what does that mean? <laughs> like, I'm like, wearing a shirt, I think any shirt that says, says too much of a statement. I yeah. think a lot of times it's in support of a, <clears throat> I think in support of a cause, but to wear a shirt that shows your faults or trying to say, I'm different. So I'm going to wear it on my shirt. I think that's a, that's a very big social problem, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah no, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a huge issue. And especially just the way people treat, you know, mental disorders and treat bad things that happen. It's like, oh, great, something bad happened to me. Now I can tell everybody, but it's like you're a vegan. It's like, it's like you know, how vegans, you know, they can't go 10 minutes without saying that they're vegan. That's, that's what it is. It's like, it's a problem. It's like, dude, you have an issue. You can't fix it if you're just embracing it like that. Obviously, you have to be aware that you have a problem in order to address it. But, you know, you can't just, you, you can't just fix it by saying it's a good thing. I'm going to say something, and this may come off as me toot my own horn, but whatever, toot toot. So back going through Katrina, I was 18 years old in the great flood of Katrina, right? Obviously, I was affected by that, and it sucked. I was I was moved to another state, uh, still a young man at 18. And uh, news crews were coming in and, and interviewing us. England, the local town, the local city, the major city, like several – four to five different news networks. And I, I remember one in particular from England, and that was really interesting to me, that they would send a crew or have a crew here from England to interview. And so they would they would come to us, it's, we'd sit down with them, and they would throw this word out. And I kid you not, I hated it. And when I went to school, it was I was the victim, Katrina victim. Do not call me a Katrina victim. And I, I it, did, it sounds like I'm tooting my horn, but that never resonated with me. Now, I'll add this to my little sister. They asked her, how does it feel to be homeless? She's like, I'm not homeless. I'm not homeless. Our family had opened their doors to to our to my family. We we lived with them just for, for a little while. She's like, I'm not homeless. You know, it's like the news media was like, you're a victim. You're homeless. Tell us more about your oppression and how bad you've been victimized. And I was just like, no, 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 no. I'm not a victim. I'm not a victim. And even as an 18-year-old, that did not set well with me. That's one word. I use that word in one of my it was one of my videos. It was on it was on panic and fear porn. Yeah. I remember using the word. Are you a victim of panic and fear porn? Mm -hmm. And after I said that, I'm like, Mm -hmm. I basically enabled people to become a victim. What is it like a catch 22 or something? Yeah. I mean, you know, yes, you're a victim of. No, I don't think the, the proper word wouldn't be a victim. The p- proper word would be a um, uh, what's the word what would be a good word for that? Somebody who who is subject or falls into fear, porn and panic. That's not a victim. It would be a um, I don't know. What would be a good word for that? I know what you're talking about. Uh, sort of like 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 how someone would approach using a drug. Well, you're just a passive a, a user. You're a viewer. Yeah. 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 So, but that's one of my words. I'm just not, you know, I think there are, I think too many people use that word. I think there are victims. It could be a victim of a, a war crime. It could be a victim of um, physical abuse. I think that's when the word is okay to be used. But I think that word has been well overused. I'm a victim of this. I'm a victim of, 
they look at it as a as a free pass yeah. to their own issues. Well, I'm going to add this. I think just me personally, I don't want to knock anybody. Just me personally. When you say if I say I'm a victim, that's that, that's me saying whatever, whatever affected me, defeated me. If you're a victim, you was defeated by something. Even if you experience something, doesn't necessarily make you a victim. If you overcome it, or you're not a victim anymore. You're not a victim anymore. You're a victim if you feel something has defeated you and you've accept defeat. That's the well, only way you can be a victim. That's that free will is to free will is to make yourself a victim. That's part of free will, also. You have a choice. Yeah. Well, that's cool. gross. Who wants to wear a badge of honor that says you're a victim? Not me. Betas do. Yeah. Yeah. Do. yeah. They think that they're going to get more girls by being a victim or, you know, they're they're associating more with with whatever they think they can. They can get out of being a victim. It's like, oh, it's like, no, you have that's the opposite effect. Vulnerability. We go back to vulnerability with men. It's like it doesn't gain you any respect by being vulnerable. It's not sexy. You know what I mean? If you have the if if you're going at that from an e- egotistical standpoint or trying to achieve an objective, you're having the opposite effect on what you're going to achieve. It's gonna it's not going to work out for you. So never be a victim if you're a man. Never be a victim. Do not ever consider yourself a victim of anything. I would consider it an experience or something that sucked that affected me, but I'm not a victim of it. That's just the way I see it personally. <clears throat> you know, you look at like younger kids and people say, "Oh, they're victims of this society." Mm-hmm. No, absolutely not. It all goes back to the parents when you're a child. Yeah. It goes back to the parents, period. Mm-hmm. Like Thomas Ligotti, it's like, I'm a victim of being born. It's like, wow. <laughs> like, what do you do at that point? I mean, oh, it's just, wow. Yeah, that's hardcore. Yeah. I'm a victim of being born. Has anyone had those thoughts as a young kid? Like, in other words, mom or dad or go, going at you, you're grounded, you're punished or whatever. You get your ass whooped for something. You think, I didn't ask to be put here. Has anyone, has, have y'all ever thought that as a child, as a kid, that I didn't ask to be born? <laughs> I know I have. I did. Yeah. I think every, every kid has used that 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 with their parents. You know, you're sitting in your room and you're punished and you're just mad, mad, mad because you got your mama's anger, right? Yeah, you shouldn't have had me. That's all. And you just say, you shouldn't have had me there. You know, it's, it's just, but you know, this guy hasn't outgrown that. The guy you're talking about. The worst part is that the parents say you're right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. But, well, but I think this author hasn't outgrown that. <laughs> right. Like you guys know that, uh, the, the scene in uh, Annie Hall with the, with the therapist <laughs> and the, and the kid, and he's, he's terrified that, uh, you know, the, the sun's going to just burn up the earth and it's all pointless. And it's like, he stopped doing his homework. Please <laughs> yeah. talk him into his senses. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it is. It's like, I remember thinking that as a kid, it was just like, Oh man, the sun's going to burn up everything. Everything's going to be gone eventually. Wow. This is kind of pointless. <laughs> I guess I'm, I'm just bored. Cause I'm just waiting to die or something. Or just waiting for your 20 minutes of, Punishment to be up, you know. Yeah. As you get older, like we talked about last night, was living in the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, can't, you realistically can't change what happened yesterday, and mm-hmm. you are not. I don't want to say you can't change what's going to happen tomorrow. You can, but mm-hmm. living in the moment just means that deal with what you have going on right now and deal with it with joy. Period. Yeah. 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 I, I like 
you know, the quote about I know this doesn't directly pertain to sort of what we were talking about last night and what we're talking about now. But Bruce Lee has this, you know, you can call it what you want. It might be a little cliche and it's probably overquoted. But when you put water into the cup, the water becomes the cup. And I like that idea of adaptability as a man. And, and, and if you, you add that in with being in the present moment and adaptability, and then you add confidence on top of that, you know, what, what, can, what can truly, what can go wrong? So why do you have to be afraid of, of tomorrow if you have trust in that your adaptability and confidence as a man? And that's, that's where I stand with all this. Oh, what happens if this hits the fan? I'm confident that I can handle tomorrow if that happens. I don't have to worry about, I'm prepared for worst case scenario, but it's like, I'm not going to live in fear about it. And I'm not going to go to extremes about it. I'm going to live present and I'm going to handle it if and when it comes. Well, free will, free will is definitely not living in fear. Right. You live in fear. You do not have free will. Right. That means you're being controlled. Yep. Absolutely true. I mean, how many people are living in fear right now? Probably half the country. More Maybe. people than I thought. More people than I thought. Truly, truly. And it's, I can understand fear is a natural human emotion. But we're not talking about that kind of fear. We're talking about like that heavy, everyday fear where you're, you're controlled by it every day. So That existential fear? Yeah. Fear oh, is driving in their car by themselves with a mask on. That's pure fear. That's absolutely nothing else. Or you have the fear, too, is like, why Why should I put my best foot forward in life? Why should I open this business? It's just going to fail anyway. You have that kind of fear, too, that type of fearful mentality, which I have no time for. If I'm, if I'm going to do something and fail at it, then I'll take that lick and I'll learn from it. But too many people are afraid of that as well, that kind of fear as well. It's like, why should I do this if it's just going to not work out for me? And and that scares them. That idea scares them. So, I mean, think of think of now free will in a biblical sense would be, uh, I think, a different thing, mm-hmm. you know? Okay. How John, so? What do you think of free will when it comes to like... Spiritual sense. You know, yeah, a biblical context. A biblical sense, yeah. When I was kind of just like a, uh, more of a, a naive Christian... I look at it from a different angle because I used to say that it's like, well, people have their free will. People have their free choice. They decide if they want to go God's way. They decide if they want to follow God's instruction or to, you know, to pursue that. And if they don't want to pursue that, then that's their choice. And that was built into it. You know, that's my view of it is that that is built into the system. It's built so that people have a choice and they can walk away because it just wouldn't make sense, right? It wouldn't make sense if this if this whole thing was created and it's like, okay, now you're forced to go God's way. That really is not what it is. I mean, and you read the Bible and that's absolutely not what's happening. God's saying, do this. God says, go and scatter, you know, cover the earth. And people are like, no, I'm going to build the Tower of Babel and we're all going to live inside it. And then they get their comeuppance. And yeah, how'd that work out? everybody spoke a different language after that one so speaking of like that the biblical sense of that of course with religion there's a lot of so i just feel like a better word is rules okay and so however you want to phrase that you can do that on your own and and just for the sake of the point my grandpa used to say what can you do that i can't do that's worth doing as a man of god what can you do that i can't do that's worth doing and I just that's that's something you can smoke on. Uh, 
there's the one word that I don't know. This is another pet peeve. It's almost as bad as uh, victim is religion. That mm-hmm. word to me is trigger word. It's a it's a trigger word because I don't think there's religion. I think there's Christianity and that's it. But have you guys ever had this thought? There's what Hindu, Indian people, Muslims, yeah, Buddhism, um, Seventh Day Adventist. Isn't that uh, that's Mormon? Is that Mormon? Seven? No, no, that's the Latter Saints is Mormon. I've always I'm like there's going to be a lot of people that are disappointed when they die. That's something I used to think you about. What I'm saying like uh oh, I'm like if there is no Jesus and uh oh, Allah's up there and now I've got was it 27 virgins coming to me? Um, did you see what I'm saying? Like yeah, the world like. Somebody's making some mistakes here. Yeah, and that's and that's my issue with religion. How, that, how many different ways that we can have a religion? I mean, Joe Schmo can start a religion. To me, I think, like you said, there's Christianity and that's it. To me, there's God and that's it. And yeah. I think that God is within every man. Yeah. The one true God is in every man, in my opinion. And that's all there is to it. There's God and he's in you and you turn to him or you turn away from him. You either you fall into the fallen state or you, you live as, as a man of God or a son of God or in, God or in God likeness or godliness. And that's, that's the only way that I see it. Religion to me is, you know. You look more like the son of God than we do. <laughs> I look like Jesus. Yeah, you do. <laughs> Man's going all the way. Yeah. Yeah, he's 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 taking over. <laughs> right. When shit hits the fan, he's gonna be like, "Hey, look at you. he's yeah. getting ready to part the Red Sea." Like, hey, you buddy, come here. I'm, he's I'm ready for it. You'll be like, "Oh yeah, that's right. I'm Jesus. It's all good. <laughs> it's all good. I'm here, spitting and putting it in people's eyes. You know, then they can see. But, Take that mask off. Be not afraid." So you know, f- free will is is people's religious views or their <laughs> views on, I mean, religious views to me, the, the end goal of religions or um, faiths is that obviously the end goal is you, you know that you're not mortal and that is your chance to be mortal. Mm-hmm. I mean, realistically, that's what it is. Everybody wants to believe that there is something after this world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So people have the free will to choose the path that they want to enter the afterlife with. Mm -hmm. And that's a big part of free will. You know, that's one of the things, you know, freedom of religion is huge in the the U.S. Mm -hmm. as it should be. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think they should have left that one out. Just saying. That's my own opinion. You know, I mean, we are we were, you know, our forefathers. It's a Christian nation. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. Yeah. I want to throw in, too, this is a little off topic, but religion is something that people enjoy. They enjoy tradition. There's so many people that enjoy tradition. And I know people personally that love their religious traditions. And uh, a lot of them are whatever you want to call them, Bible Bible thumpers, saved, sanctified and petrified and whatever. They're, They're holy, holy and holy. Right. But they love their traditions. They love the practice of the tradition of their religion. I, I don't maybe I'll knock them a little bit because I just did. But um, the, that that pleases the ego, in my opinion. I don't think it has anything truly to do with, with God, per se. And if you want to practice religion, more power to you. If it makes it if it makes you experience God in a, in a 
in a better way, fine. You know, I, I think traditions were put in place to as a business model. No, yeah, in, in a bit, kind of like in a business model sense, but it's a it's a way to keep you involved yeah. in church community community. Yeah, I think that's what traditions are. Mm-hmm. I think there's traditions in families which are different. You know, whether everybody, you know, they, you know, a family tradition would be, you know, I don't know, everybody running up to the old oak tree and open their presents underneath the old oak tree every year since, you know, great grandfather. That's something different. But I think tradition, traditions in churches were developed by men basically to fill the void of their basic principles, thoughts, faiths. I think that's what traditions are. You know, I, I live near a Catholic church and 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 I, I I'm not, you know what I mean, I, I see that we always come across, you know, hardcore Catholics. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and that's cool, but I don't pray to the Mother Mary. I don't think that praying on a rosary now if you tell a devout Christian or a Catholic that they were like, Oh my goodness, you know. That's um, not, you so know, don't, I don't pray to saints. You're praying yeah. to a you're praying to somebody who's dead. Yeah, so don't tell me your traditions is you have to follow the tradition or else you suffer and die and go to hell. Yeah. Don't tell me that. That's my issue with traditions. If you like traditions, you it, may, it makes you practice your, your faith or your ex- experience godliness better, fine. But don't make it like a heaven or hell issue or a life or death issue, whether you follow that tradition or you, not, or you don't. And I think that's what people get in trouble with religion is when they make it a heaven or a hell issue. Well, there's there's a couple of things, I think, in, in Christianity, too. And one is communion. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you guys feel about communion, but I've drank enough communion wine and wafers and bread and to, uh, you know, and then um, also out, outside of communion, there's baptism. Mm-hmm. Now, I think uh, I don't know if I'm a I've been baptized, obviously, when I was a baby, but I've also been baptized two other times. I think that's a tradition or a it's more symbolic is what it is versus I don't think when you dip, you get your head dipped in the water that when you pop out of that water, all of a sudden, you know, everything's, you know, but it's it's I think that's a tradition or a symbolic tradition is what it would be. Okay, now I would like to chime in a little bit on that, because to me, what you just described is would be biblical. Mm-hmm. So that's that's actually biblical. Uh, I think baptism, what you talked about, to me, the traditions that I, I would reference are like the rosary. I don't know if some of those things are actually biblical. If if you have a foundation in the Bible to base that tradition off, then fine. I'll give you some slack, you know, for, for whatever the hell it, it means. Uh, but the, the traditions that I have issues with are the made up traditions, you know, biblical we can work with. Well, I think with something like like baptism right like I, as far as i'm aware i could be wrong if somebody wants to correct me on this but i don't know that there is a a verse that says something like like where jesus is like in order for you to receive salvation you absolutely must get baptized like it is a requirement i think it's in acts 238 acts 238 yeah, yeah. Let's fact check that yeah easy now man with the bible verses just popping them out like that <laughs> yeah, that was a fast. Hey, one. I, I got a long history of it. I was raised in the Bible thumping family, so okay. the Bible was pumped into me. I think I, I, I forgot a lot of it. 
But I do remember X twenty X two thirty eight. X two thirty eight, interestingly enough, is the foundation of Pentecostalism. It's the foundation, the scriptural foundation of of the Pentecostal faith. X two thirty eight. The day of Pentecost is is where they get that sect from. Yeah. The basis of it. I don't really know exactly how to look at this scripture because I feel oh. like there is like a there's obviously a context here. And I'm not mm-hmm. entirely familiar with the context. I know I'm vaguely familiar with like certain parts of Acts, but it says here, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And but it doesn't exactly say you must be baptized. Yeah. But, but what's important in what you just said, Gonzo, about every Bible verse is the context of the Bible verse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People take the Bible out of context all the time. Yeah. They use Bible verses as as weapons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can make the Bible say literally anything you want it to say. Mm-hmm. If you cut the verses small enough and you just find a few of them, or even one, because frankly, I know there, there's a lot of people who just, you know, if you're like a pastor or even just somebody who's just teaching or whatever the case may be. Some people, they just listen. They're just like, oh, okay, sure, that's the truth. You know, it's like it's like when people read the news. It's like they just see it there, and it's like, okay, yeah, sure, that must be fact. Okay, I want to ask you a question. Would y'all, would y'all describe the Bible from a carnal aspect as being alpha or beta? To me, the Bible—go ahead, I'll let y'all answer that. Is the Bible alpha or beta? That's a good question. Is the scriptures alpha or the scriptures beta? And just just to bring it in context, right? Just for the just for giggles. I guess I guess it it depends on what you mean by alpha and beta in that sense. I think the Bible's alpha as hell. Oh, yeah, I think the I mean, Bible is alpha as all get out. You know, yeah, and I think, I think Christianity has you know they had to like say wait a second you know okay this doesn't set well with the just narrative. Not- it's modern Christianity has watered it down is what it is. Yeah, means. but I would say the Bible is alpha. So, yeah. I'm, I mean, as far as its instruction, as far as what it actually tells you to do and not just like what, like, oh, like I'm going to interpret it. Is it like, no, no, no. As far as what it literally says, it is, I mean, it's it's not only alpha, it's fucking epic. It's badass. Mm-hmm. Like, holy shit. But and, I was told a lot of the Bible, you think some of these guys like David and Solomon, these guys, Samson, I mean, these dudes are, these are manly men. These are, these are mans. And you you rarely hear about a guy in the Bible that was just a complete simp. Well, I mean, you the know? first dude, the first dude in the Bible, he was kind of. Adam? Yeah, yeah he was, was a simp. <laughs> he was a, he was a, yep. And I Wait. will not disagree with that. But, yep. well, instead of so, original sin, did they mean original simp? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe sin just spell the original sin was S I M. Original sin. Original sin. You know, Adam he did the he did the prototypical beta thing. He not only didn't protect his 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 woman from evil, but he blamed it on her when he gave into it, right? So yeah, that's terrible, man. What a what a horrible example of early man. That's the exact reason why Jesus came back right there. That is yeah. the reason why. Yeah, Elliot just made a video about this, I believe. He really? just made a video about this today. Yeah, talking talking about how now that uh, we fell for the the ate the fruit of you know the, the cursed fruit or the forbidden fruit, I should say. Now we have to suffer by the sweat of our brow, and women will suffer through childbirth. Check that video out, by the way. Anyway, yeah, it's talk, kind of what we're talking about, but yeah, exactly. 
That's yeah, right. that was the um, that was the twenty one speech is where you oh, had yeah. yeah. Okay, that was the Elliot okay. Hulse one <clears throat> that came out a couple of days ago. Yeah. Okay, maybe that's what I'm thinking of then. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I remember yeah. exactly when he said that too. Yeah, then that's what I'm thinking of, and I watched that video today again for the second time because there's so much value in that video. Yeah, is that the one where he talks about Black Lives Matter? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he talks about a whole bunch of things. Yeah, he talks about oh, history. It was great. It was great, but uh, yeah, uh, Adam was the ultimate first beta for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I as I was going back because I was I there's a chapter in my book. Um, that I'm working on title soon to be announced, but it's uh, mm-hmm. uh, the, the section is called the, the truth about women. And in, in that section, I ended up going into, uh, I basically <laughs> just cited everything with Genesis. You know, it was mm-hmm. that whole story. And I went back and I reread the whole thing. I've actually recently, I've been going back and just rereading, you know, Genesis, you know, as a whole, cause it's just, there's just so much in there. You know, people like a lot of Christians discredit the old Testament or they just say, you know, oh, it's not really necessary anymore. Like right. just read the New Testament, you're just missing out because it's like you really it's get a feel. You know, too, Adam had free will. He had free will to bring it back to free will. Adam had free will. Yeah, because it would otherwise the story it wouldn't have made sense, would it? Right. Yeah, the serpent, Satan was like, he's like, oh, I'm not going to go through the man to do this. I'm going to go through the woman, and the woman's going to spread the deceit to him. And then he's going to take the bait. And he took the freaking bait. And so that was the lesson to men. It was like, God's like, men, do not take the bait. That was the point that I was making with all these things. But if you read it, I mean, it literally sets the order of the family, basically. It, it sets kind of the the initial family structure. And then it's clarified in the New Testament later. But that's what I think is so cool. And especially with, with bits like in Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes is a pretty cool book as well. I think it's funny how how those principles are still relevant today. Yeah. Very, very much relevant. And growing more relevant. Yeah, right. Uh, and that's the thing is that I think people, you know, so when it when it comes back to like free will and that sort of thing, you know, obviously with our brains and with our bodies, there is a chemical nature to it, right? Like if if right now, if I could chemically, if I could medically pull all of the potassium out of your body or most of the potassium out of your body, you would go into a state of severe depression and anxiety and you start having muscle twitches and things like that and that's how it is with all these different metals and these different molecules that our body needs when you start to run low in these things they they have a tendency to you know the the mind starts to go haywire and it starts twitching and you start having all these like listlessness you can have uh, you know suicidal thoughts depression just general fog it's terrible and so i think that there absolutely is a physical component to that but I think that ultimately that is that is an influence and it's not 100% of the equation. I think there are multiple factors to this equation. So the question of does free will exist? I think with everything we've just talked about tonight, I think we've come to the conclusion that there really is no free will is there with all of these factors combined, right? Like you can make a choice, right? But there's so much that is There is free up. will. I disagree. There is 100% free will, but you will pay a price for it. You will pay a price for it. You can do whatever you want, That's but you true. will pay a consequence for everything. But There's a never, price for every action, right? But you are never free from your influences. Okay, from a from a yeah, from an intellectual standpoint. Yeah. 
obviously you choose not to listen to your thoughts or, you know, or, you know, God allows you to see the thoughts that you're having and to see the anger in your heart. And, you know, obviously he is the one that takes all those things away. Mm-hmm. And I made a, a video on, on sin that I haven't uploaded because I want to redo it. Cause I think that was a point that I missed that I think is really important is that people cannot, that is something that is made very, I think, clear in the Bible. But I think personally, just from what I have seen in the world and, and everything, I, I, I know that it's, it's true that people do bad things and they know they're doing bad things. And if they could help themselves, they wouldn't do it, but they're being controlled. And I know that there is something beyond that. I know that you, that you can escape that, but I believe that the the only way to that is through God, is for him to yeah. take those things away. I like how we describe it as the fallen state. Mm-hmm. It's a good way to categorize it or in a way to understand it. I wanted to bring this topic up too. We talk about how men's testosterone is at a, uh, is at a lower, lower than our dad's or our grandpa's. I'm pretty sure it's scientific that your mentality, your mind can affect your testosterone levels. So if you feel as a man, you have no free will, you have no control, that you're just a product or a victim, what do you think your testosterone is going to do? Your testosterone is the very thing that gives you that tenacity and that that independence to be a, uh, to be a lone wolf or, or, or a man, just say a man. And so if you lose, if your will has been taken away from you, your testosterone is going to plummet because your your mind has been perverted. I mean, that's just a complete different topic, but I wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, I mean, I think with with that example specifically, it's like a cycle because like, or it's kind of like almost like a chicken and egg situation too. Because you could maybe you could already have suboptimal levels. Maybe you're not getting enough sunlight. Maybe that's the problem. And because of that, then you're kind of in a... You're in a weakened state, yeah. Yeah, and so then everything from there, it kind of just sets you up for a spiral. You're not doing as well at work, and then you end up getting fired, and then and then you take a blow from that, and then you're looking for a job, and then you have a hard time finding a job, and then the testosterone just keeps going down. Do you know that it's proven that when you watch a sports game, or a competitive sport that when your team wins, okay, you, when your team wins, your testosterone increases. When you're watching a sport or a team that you like and, you, and the team loses, the opposite, your testosterone drops. Isn't that interesting? So, like, you you go, if you're not in a strong mental state, you will go down that hole and you will never, wait a second, I need to start climbing back up out of here. And so that's kind of what you were saying. And I just wanted to throw that out there again. What is that like for women? Do you know? Like, is it the opposite? <laughs> is it like... No. I would say it's probably similar. Don't don't hold me to that because I don't I don't know. But I, I, my guess is I would imagine it's similar. Mm-hmm. It's similar. Wouldn't that be dopamine instead of testosterone? No, it's actually testosterone. When you watch a sport and your team wins, your testosterone actually increases a little. Check it out. Check it out. Fact check me. You know, maybe look into it. Uh, but I thought I, I've always thought that was pretty cool. So I just wanted to tie that in with when you when you're taking all these these losses in life and you just allow yourself to go deeper and deeper and deeper, you're, you're never going to bounce out of that if you don't. And, but that, that's got to be a result of yeah. when you're not, usually when you're not feeling well, or you're not feeling good about yourself, mm-hmm. you're not doing things that are good for yourself. Yeah. So when you're on a, a plateau, you're more likely to, to do things that enhance your T level or your, ability to go work out or your ability to move forward. Momentum. Yeah. yeah. 
I mean, I just thought of this now from a biblical sense. I mean, it 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 says in there, you know, the heart is wicked and the mind is corrupt. Mm-hmm. Does that really indicate free will in in the sense that we were talking about earlier? That you know, every decision, like your decisions, are without influence. It definitely seems like there is. And I mean, if we're extending out to the Bible, Satan rules this planet. There is inherently evil mm-hmm. everywhere, and it's in control. And people can thinking- fight it. When I think of the heart as evil and the mind as corrupt, I think of men being pulled, say men as in humans pulled in uh, desires towards uh, decadence and towards like indulgence in different things. And that that will that will lead you down a dark path. If you're pulled towards all your desires and you're completely pulled around, pulled around, you know, whatever it may be, we all have our vices. Well, we live in a world of excess, excess. We live in a world of excess, yeah. And so it doesn't make it easier. We have access to excess. Mm-hmm. Unlike, you know, 100 years ago. Yeah, exactly. I mean, think of the word convenience store. Mm-hmm. How many convenience stores are there? I don't think you can drive. Can you drive five miles without seeing a convenience store? No. Probably not. No, no. Interesting. On the city. Yeah. I mean, and what I've noticed with video games, I don't play video games myself. Like I do, I I will sometimes on occasion if there's something interesting, but it's not a regular pastime for me. But I notice that these things are, because, you know, for me, my entertainment is like reading books or having like these types of conversations or, you know, whatever the case may be, checking out whatever's, you know, I don't really watch the news, but whatever memeology 101 is posting, <laughs> just like that's, that's what it is. And so your entertainment is learning. I guess so. I never thought about it. Well, I mean, I, and you know, there, there's other things too. I mean, I like, I, I listen to fiction. I read fiction, that yeah. kind of stuff too. But yeah, I guess I do. I do like learning. I never thought of thought of it that way. But when I when I see these video games that people people are playing, they are insanely stimulated. It's an, it's nuts, man. There's, <laughs> there's 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 so many sounds happening all at once. There's there's so many colors and friggin' like there's this uh, this game that came out recently, uh, Cyberpunk 2077. I'm not sure if you guys have heard about this. Is that the one with? Keanu Reeves that they recall? I, I, I don't know if they recall. Like, I don't know much about the news with the game, but yeah, it does have Keanu Reeves. Yeah, that's been recalled. Everybody's getting a refund. What? Yeah. Fact check it right now. I saw that. That is nuts. It's been, it's oh. been anybody who's purchased it. There's too many, too many uh, blips in it. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, there's a lot of, lot of bugs in there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll look into it, but there's a uh, yeah. Recalled. In other words, if you purchase it, you get a refund. It's been removed from the PlayStation Store in a move yeah. that, that gamers and reporters have described as unprecedented. Yeah. Gamers playing the long-awaited release from CD Projekt Red have experienced n- numerous issues on the PS4 and Xbox One base consoles since its release. So this so is not desktop, mm-hmm. at least. But anyway, this is from Newsweek. So if anybody wants to look into it, they finally hit their peak. Video game makers have finally hit their peak. I mean, I saw something on, I think it's the gamers in Japan. Have you guys seen that to where the guys, just, they play for so long and there's they some die. guys, at, they're just dead. <laughs> they die. They, they die. die. Yeah. <laughs> they died from playing so long. Yeah. They'll starve themselves to death. What the? <laughs> True and story. issues with their eyes. <laughs> they're having <laughs> issues with their eyeballs. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Did you see the same thing I saw, right? Yeah. Yeah. That was a few years ago. I saw that. 
Yeah. See, I just saw that probably within the past month or so where they're at their gaming console in these buildings where there's gaming and people have been dead for like 48 hours. Just I think, it's, I think it was World of Warcraft or something. Yeah, something is it, like that. Is that the game? World of Warcraft? War, War, I think that was the game that, that everyone was, was dying about, literally dying over. Yeah, they were playing for for you know two, three, four days straight and just die right where you're at. Mm-hmm. They don't eat, they don't drink water, they can't even leave. Yeah, I remember when I when I used to play video games, I get the I get the new game maybe shit a week after it come out, and I, it was the Call of Duty, and, and I'd be playing, I'd see a guy, his rank would be like through the roof, like like he basically beat the whole game, he completed the game, and I would say, how, how did you do? Like he'd be prestiged out, and I'd say, how how did you do that? The game had been out a week. Oh, dude, I haven't slept in five days or something like that. Well, I, I remember games. Uh, this is no joke. I remember us getting Pong. Do you remember what Pong is? Pong. Yeah, Pong. yeah. Pong, Atari. Yeah. Atari. Pong. Yeah, it's just, it was so simple. You used to have a dial and the yeah. ball, bing, 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 bing. Yeah. That's pretty much what it was. And yeah. that's the coolest thing in the world growing up. Yeah. Another one that we got, I think it was Centipede. Centipede was one of them. Uh, yeah, and then uh, I think when this one came Tetris. out, jeez, oh, what's Tetris. the name of it? Um, Tetris. N- no, not Tetris. The one where you just tap and it shoots up at the. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What is that one called? I don't remember. They got they got a couple different names for it. Oh, I yeah, know but that yeah. millipede. You got the. There's a specific name for that one. Um, you break the wall, the bricks. Oh yeah, that one. That's breakout. Breakout. Yeah. Space Invaders. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Then then like Pac-Man evolved, and I grew up playing Space Invaders. Wasn't that on Apple, Apple or something? The Mac was it the Macintosh? No, I remember Space Invaders from a a console. Okay, I mean, I I remember. I think I played that on like Windows ninety five or something. Yeah, they had a everything. I think, but just so you guys know, I remember black and white TV Mm -hmm. growing up. When when I was younger, we did not have a color TV. Mm-hmm. That was a big deal. Oh yeah, yeah. It would. It, it's just a testament though to like how much is how quickly everything has changed. It's like I mean, you look at like so you had black and white TV, and then you had you know Pong, and then that was the hit. And now you look at media these days. You look at movies these days. You look at video games these days, and it's just like explosions happening everywhere. There's fucking. I got I got one for y'all. Yeah. Pornhub. <laughs> What is it? Pornhub. Pornhub. You got Pornhub. You got, oh my God. It's like you can't escape the stimulation. It's a, You go on Twitter and there's just, it's designed to piss you off. Yeah. It is designed to piss you off. And you go on Reddit, it's designed to piss you off. It doesn't piss me off. I think it's kind of fun, but it's like. I'm making a point to not have those apps. I don't have yeah. those. I don't have Reddit, Twitter, Twitch. I don't even know some of them. I have Instagram, and I've recently got I've deleted Facebook because it's taking up too much memory on my phone. I didn't use it. My social media is basically for us to promote. That's what it's yeah that, to keep you know occasional memes and things like that. But it's it's to basically create stimulus for other people and to promote. You can't be a YouTube content creator without promotion. Every video that I do goes to, it goes to Parler. 
It goes to Twitter. It goes to Twitter story. It goes to Instagram. It goes to Instagram story. It goes to Facebook. It goes to Facebook story. But you can't nowadays. That's how you promote. And it's a shameless promotion. But that's how you get people to look at your your content. Um, there's not that many other app. What are you going to do? Put a billboard up, you know, pass out flyers around a neighborhood. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's, that's how you, you know, and if you're going to, I create content. So do you guys, because you like to, but it's also nice to get, to get the validation with dollars by your content. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Some people say, Oh, you know, you're just doing it for the money. No, we're doing it because we want to create content and value, but the end result is money. And that's and okay. getting paid for it, having fun and getting paid sure. for it. Sure. Yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. No, I don't, you know, that's why I promote tactical soap, you know, <laughs> because it's number one, if I didn't believe in the product, not because of the pheromones, but that's a, that sure is a great, great bonus to it, but it's also super quality natural high fat it's it's a business that's built by a friend of mine by a man for men what a great thing to promote i think it's cool yeah you know it's it's you know you're getting you're getting value right there you're getting value and that's what uh, that that's what this content that's what the stuff that we're talking about the stuff that we're making like and and the stuff kind of in the general manosphere that's what it's all about it's about value and that's business in general that's when you offer value to people the money comes it's not just like you know people people like to say you know build it and they will come well it's not so much building it and they will come because you can build something that nobody wants but if you build something that gives people a lot of value then then the money just the money will come it's inevitable mm-hmm. And the more the more people you can positively affect, the more money you're going to get. And that's why we have Amazon. That's why we have, you know, Apple and you know, that's why we have these these big these big companies. Amazon pays me every day and and I I I appreciate the people that purchase my products on Amazon. Yeah. Every day I look at my, you know, at what Amazon has paid me for the day, but that's, that's a product of something that I'm representing and saying, Hey, you know, try this beard trimmer out, try out this, this mustache wax, try out this tactical soap. You know, I mean, that's, I'm, I'm not going to promote something that I think is, is, uh, is garbage. I wouldn't do it. But now I, I'll do also believe there is a lot of hucksters out there. I mean, there are, there's a lot of people that, once they started making money, they tailored their content to keep making money. So we were talking about earlier. I I um I have to say I respect the hustle. I, I really do. If somebody wants to pay you, more power to you. That doesn't mean I'm gonna. So Yeah, that's what that's what I was talking about earlier about being the puppet on, on a string. That's exactly what I was referring to. Well, people say people, you know, I hear this a lot with uh, and you'll see this a lot with like uh, guys, you know, the anti-capitalist trained Marxist <laughs> type people. But they trained Marxist? Like, <laughs> trained I've never heard of that. <laughs> what is that? I don't know. I think it comes from Black Lives Matter or something. It's one of those things that they say, but I don't know what it means to be a trained Marxist. Is that like being a is that like being a trained Nazi? Is that like being a trained 
gulag. <laughs> I have no I, idea. I, I don't know what it means, but it, like, are you you're trained to? Maybe like maybe that means like a participating. Yeah, participating. Yeah. Maybe I don't know what it means. They're they're really good at taking other people's money. That I guess they're just really good criminals. I don't know. I don't know what it means, but it's um the thing about it is like Amazon and all these companies could not could not create these jobs. Like people would not have these jobs if they weren't offering value. If there was no value to Amazon. They they wouldn't. So, you know, when people say, oh, Jeff Bezos sitting with all his money, we'll see. We'll see what happens to him. You know, we'll see if he's truly essential in this, you know, this new society or whatever, when we eat the rich or whatever they're saying. And it's like, well, he deserves his money because he created a service that has created so many jobs and given people so much value and I'm not saying that this is even a, a good thing per se, but you don't even have to leave your home to have everything you need. It's to that point. They will. Uh, they, you don't even need a person anymore to bring it to you. Like they're they're starting to just drop it off with a drone. Yeah, and I hate to say this, but if you have a small business and it's under going under right now because you're following the restrictions. Hey, I'm not in your shoes. I don't know what you're going through, but I can tell you right now, you're making a mistake by keeping your business closed. That's all I can tell you. Open that shit up right now. Open your businesses up. I don't know your personal story. I don't know your life or anything like that. But I can tell you, locking your small business down is, is in my opinion, a mistake. So open up. Yeah, and just just fight it. I mean, like, just re- resist it. They're going to come at you, but it, you, you, it's like, what are you going to do? You're gonna, right. You're going to You're gonna go out on their terms or you're going to go out on your terms? Pick one. And you have a fighting chance. So what are you going to do? I mean, it's only logical to, to go out on your terms and have a shot. There's a lot of people that are, you know, I know this is way off topic, but there's a lot of people supporting people that are opening their businesses right now. So think about it. Find find the community of businesses that are resistant right now and get involved with them and open your business. Yeah, don't give away your... Your, your free will. Yeah, your free will. I mean, don't give away your freedom. I mean, that's what this country was all about in the in the so, first. So, so what goes first, free will and then freedom, or does freedom and then free will go first? If you don't have freedom, then I mean, you, you, there's no way. I guess you can really have a free will. You're yeah, you're confined. Yeah, and our freedoms are being taken every day, which then trickles down to your free will. That's you know, it's pretty simple that way. You have to make free will. And I, I just want I want to like add that to my last little piece is that you have to make free will. You have to make your free will. Well, guys, I'm going to exercise my free will. And um, I do appreciate, Gonzo, you having me on tonight. That That's awesome. I think this was uh, this was enlightening to me for sure, because it's a to me, it's a deep, deep rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. And, I think it's um, I think it's a topic that we need to uh, even discuss more. You mm-hmm. know, it, it's it's always like, how far will you go? That's that's what free will is. How far how far are you willing to go? Hey, can we motivate people to take their will back? People's will. Ha- they've been demoralized. Can we motivate people to get their will back? So many young men that have had that taken from them. I think first you have to open up to the open them up to the idea that they actually can have right. any anything at all right and that's what you were talking about early in the show about your the guy you spoke with or saw saw his his writing mm-hmm. the guy had yep. it sounded like the guy has no will his will has been taken well and just just by the way fun fact if you look him up on wikipedia i think one of the first things it says about him other than that he's a nihilist is that he's a socialist 
Is that any surprise? No. For somebody who didn't want to be born? Yeah, no, it's no surprise at all. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You take their will away. You take people's independence away. You take right. everything. I, I appreciate you both, man. Thank you, Gonzo. Again, thanks for having me on, man. This was this was interesting, but I've got a few things I need to do and uh, appreciate both your time, man. That was this was fun. So yeah, thank you for coming uh, on. I'll pick up uh, pick up the rest of it tomorrow and check out what what more you have guys have to say. So sounds good. Cheers, guys. Thank you. All right. Cheers. Uh, actually, I just thought of this quickly. Back to that point about about dopamine and about uh, how everything's just really stimulating. Yeah. There's a uh, Cole Robinson has a really good video. Actually, I think he has a couple videos on dopamine fasting. Ah, yeah. And uh, and I thought, and that's a game changer. That was a game changer for me. I was it? Was, well, yeah, just because it's like, you know, I mean, because the way he described it, it's like it makes sense because it's like, now I like, I've never been hooked on video games. I've never been hooked on any, any, you know, anything like that. So mm-hmm. that's just not something I can, you know, attest to myself. But I see it all the time and I've definitely been aware of it. It's like people are so attached. Like we were just talking, these guys dying at the, at the, table or whatever it's like what the i just can't see how right and that is that's just a small piece of the puzzle you know yeah. i can't see how these guys have lost their will like this guy just just they just cower and say this is it this is what i have to live with this is the end for me i don't really have much much hope in life and that i'm just gonna suffer and that i'm just a product of my environment whatever comes at me is 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 what i have is who i have to be I can't make my life because other people make it for me. That is a serious problem if you have that mentality. And I encourage you, if you're listening or watching this later on, find a way to overcome that. That Find a way to overcome that. Find a way to overcome feeling like other people dictate your life. Yeah. Yeah, and and I I like what Cole said because I I never thought of it this way, but but it must be true that there's a like you have insulin sensitivity and you have insulin resistance. You can also get dopamine resistance, Mm -hmm. and so dopamine just isn't as effective as it was, you know, before you got hooked on all this stuff and you're constantly you're constantly looking for that dopamine high, and so you take away all of that. And he's talked about like going into a dark room. For hours, yeah, and like I've heard nothing. Yeah. yeah, I've heard of this. They call it uh, they call it stimuli or uh, something or other. Where you yeah. just sensory deprivation. Board. Sensory deprivation. That's it. That's it. Now, personally, I'm more of a fan of the fan of like the silent prayer because it's, yeah. it's one of those things that's like it seems really simple if you've never done it before, or you're, you know you're just starting to overcome your thoughts and these things. It is so difficult to sit there. And just be still and let let any thoughts that come just pass by and not try to control them. Don't try to do anything about them. You just you just observe. It's so difficult to just sit and observe when you've just been reacting to everything your whole life. Yeah. See, see, I practiced meditation when I was studying Eastern philosophy. And it's just to me, I got on this kick like, hey, is meditation supposed to be a waste of time? Because I would get so, you know, I would I fully immerse myself in, in those ideologies. And I would say meditation has been Americanized in a sense where Americans talk about meditation or Westerners, I should say, talk about meditation and they look at it to gain something from it. I'm going to gain, you know, you know, be able to sleep better tonight or I'm going to gain some some mental clarity or peace from my busy day. And uh, 
I sort of took a different approach with meditation is like meditation is, is for me was uh, just, just wasting time. But anyway, that's completely off topic. I never really enjoyed meditation. I didn't like it. I didn't like the idea of sitting on the ground. It was uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, I just didn't like it. And you could, you don't have to sit on the ground, but it didn't, it didn't, it didn't res- resonate with me. And now I just think it was a big, it was a big, it was a big scam in a way. Mm. But the yeah. silent prayer, yeah, man. Uh, I haven't actually tried it. I, I, I vaguely even know what it is, even though I've studied Jesse a lot, and I love Jesse. Suffer. Yep. Yeah, suffer. And he would tell me that. He would tell me that. Yeah, yeah. I was interested in it because when I first heard it, heard about him, and I was uh, he he had mentioned the silent prayer, and I didn't know what it was, and and I listened the version of it that I heard. I think it's from one of his audiobooks. But it's on SoundCloud. You can find it. It's called Be Still and Know. That was the version that I found. And when I was first listening to it, it felt it felt Eastern to me. That was the funny thing about it is that it, it didn't feel Christian. And I was like, hmm, it's like, where does it, where does this actually come from? And it makes a lot of sense because, you know, there's instruction. I mean, it says, be still and know that I am God. Mm-hmm. And there's there's a whole section in Matthew about praying in secret about climbing mm-hmm. into your prayer closet mm-hmm. and that sort of yeah. thing. And that's really what Makes it's all sense. about. Yeah. It's not a literal prayer cl- closet. It's, it's within. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think you have to be a, a, in a right state of mind to truly understand, be still and know that I am God. You have to be in a, in a, in a certain state of mind or understanding, I should say, to truly grasp that and to understand how free and that, that idea really is. And I think that's what Jesse wants people to realize is that there's freedom there. There's peace there. There, There is no anger. There's no emotions. There's no, you know, revenge or grudges or anything like that. And, and that's what I would say, you know, how he always talks about what is love, right? How do you know that you have love? And I'll just throw this out here really quick. I know that I have love because I have peace. That's just, yeah. that's, that's my description of it. Peace is an indication of what he would call perfect love, peace. You can't be peaceful if you have resent or anger. I know this is off topic, but I just wanted to throw that out there that that peace is uh, incredible, man. Well, I think it's totally relevant <laughs> to the to the conversation because it's it's about free will. It's, yeah, it's about in fr- freedom in general because anger controls you, mm-hmm. fear controls you. There's a bit yeah. in in First John. I mean, First John is also is one of my favorite books. First John and Matthew because they talk about this stuff, but it's like. Yep. Um, there's a bit about, you know, there's no love in fear. No. And, and this, this whole thing, of, this whole thing of, uh, wearing a mask for your community or following the, following the rules for your community. What? Being fearful for others. What is that? Yeah. It's cowardice. That, that's a lie. That's mm-hmm. a lie. That's wrong. That's, that's a, uh, it's a trap. You know, so uh, it's deceit. You're you're deceiving yourself and you know it. You know it. You know you are. You know you're deceiving yourself. So anyway, that that you lose your free will. You take your your willfully, your free will is to give your free will away in that situation. So, Uh well, what was that line from uh, Benjamin Franklin? Or I think it was Benjamin Franklin or maybe it was somebody else. But uh, one of the founders of America said, uh, those who would give up their freedom for security deserve neither. Mm-hmm. Something like I think that. It was, I think it was Ben Franklin. Yeah. 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 He's an interesting guy too. But the, uh, um, yeah, just like it's just really, you just can't get any closer to the truth of that. Because yeah. if you're afraid, you are controlled by your fear. If you're angry, you're controlled by anger. 
Uh, there's so much that you can just be controlled by. The goal is, I would say, the goal of Christianity, you know, aside, you know, saving humanity from sin and all that, it's actually, I think, we're here on earth to overcome this yeah. planet. We're here to, to overcome. Sure, to overcome your your earthly sufferings, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Because it is it is suffering. Fear and anger is tormenting so many people. Overcome your reputation, overcome what people think of you, overcome... Mm-hmm. I like to think that people, someone that needs to hear this may watch this later down the road. And like we talked about earlier, uh, I think so many people, so many young men, man, are, are in a dark place. A lot of young men, I'm talking from like even guys over 30, but I would say 16 to 30. That is that is the the youth of this country, the youth of our world. And uh, our our tenacity, I don't want to say this, our testosterone levels are highest in those in that time frame. We're young, full of, you know, what they call piss and vinegar. Right. So someone may be watching this. That is horrible. That is detrimental for society to have men in that state. And everyone knows this. But I think so many people don't understand they mask it with drugs. They mask it with pills, you know, prescription pills from the doctor you know, depression, medication, anxiety, medication, whatever. I'm right there with Jesse. Forgive your your tormentors, people that you feel did you wrong. Forgive, repent within yourself and build. Get, go get after it. Do something with your time. Forgive, repent, and get after what it, whatever it is you want to do. No matter what that looks like, do something about it. But you, I think you have to forgive. You can't just tell someone, "Hey, man, go get a job," or "Hey, man, get off," you know, "get off your butt and go hit the gym" or something. They're in that. They're in a state of of they've lost their will. They've lost their free will. To get your free will back, forgive, repent, and create and build. That's all I can say. That's my solution. Yeah, uh, and you know, I I know there's some people who uh, you know they hear like you know go and forgive your your parents and things like that. Yeah, and they don't want to do it. And it's like, do, do you see that fear inside you? You're afraid to do mm-hmm. it. And some mm-hmm. people say, well, you know, I just, I don't, I don't know what I would even forgive them for. I don't even know how I would start the conversation. And it's like, but are you afraid to have it? Mm-hmm. You know, are you afraid right. to, be, to be honest about what happened? What do you have to lose anyway at this point? But and right. also to, when you do that, yeah. you're free. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't think people fully know what that truly means. So try it. If you think it's crazy, try it. See what happens. I mean, the worst thing that can happen is you, you embarrass yourself. But I, I think I think uh, you'll be surprised. Forgive, repent, and build. So yeah, and it's terrifying. I'm I'm, I'm you know I'm right with everybody. I mean when I uh, when I first heard of this idea, it's like oh phew, yeah, I gotta man, I gotta call them up. I got to do it. <laughs> yeah. It was yeah. terrifying, man. I was like, I hadn't talked to my dad in 10 years. Yeah. I was like sitting here. Like what happened was, is I got up one morning and I had been putting it off. I'd already like forgiven my mother and everything. And I, I, uh, I had, I had put it off like a month or something. It was terrible. I'm like, mm-hmm. I get up and I just felt empty. And I was like, I just feel the darkness like rising its ugly head. And I was just like, today's the day. Today is the day. And I knew, I knew that was exactly what I had to do. And so that's what I did. And I just went, I called him up. He was still asleep. Like I woke him up, calling mm-hmm. him up early in the morning. He was like, what the? <laughs> you hadn't talked to him in 10 years? <laughs> hadn't talked to him in 10 years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, Changed your life, huh? Yeah. And, and I, and I mean, I felt incredible right after that. Mm-hmm. It was incredible. It was freeing. It was a freeing thing. 
Yeah. And it's it may seem simple, may seem dumb, it may seem, you know, I mean it may seem like a lot of things, but I'll tell you it it totally changed everything because now I know I see my thoughts and I know not to overreact. Like I can mm-hmm. see myself if I if I'm moving towards overreacting. You know, years ago, I was walking down the street late at night. Mm-hmm. And I remember there was this uh you know, this car, people driving by, you know, it's really quiet late at night. And I was in Southern California at the time, super quiet town. And I would just walk for, I would walk for hours and hours at a time. So I was just, I was in my head and I was just trying to just escape the situation that I was in. And I was just depressed, you know, the whole nine yards. I'm doing all this walking. I was losing weight at the time. I was working on it. And this car drives by and these guys just shouted at me from the car uh, to get me to jump. And they got me to jump and I jumped and I like, I was pissed off. I was like, Oh fuck you guys. Yeah, they got me. Yeah. yeah. They fucking got you fucking bastards. And, um, I was so pissed off. It like ruined my night. It was so beta, <laughs> but it's true. That's what happens. And I know, I know I'm not the only one. Who this it, exposed to. You. It, it exposed something within you that you noticed. Yeah. Yeah, and it pissed me off. You know, that's actually this is crazy. This is act, that's actually a form of of Zen. Uh, Zen Zen practice is mm-hmm. they they have all these guys in this in this room and they're quiet. And somebody would one of the the, the instructors would yell, ah! you know, people, oh, what's going what's going on, you know? And all of a sudden they were like, ah, oh, you know, they had the same kind of experience that you had. Or he'll take a, a flat piece of wood and smack the piss out of the you know table next to him and just startle him. And it's it's interesting. That's like that's a cool concept. But yeah, I mean, you it's had a similar effect on you. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. it got a big reaction out of me. Well, I just wanted to contrast it because the other day, I was uh, you know I was just walking down the road. I was just going you know my usual mm-hmm. trip. And on the way, another car drove by. You know, I'm just thinking about stuff, just walking. And then I don't know if this was directed at me. I don't know what like if if they were just like shouting at each other in the car, whatever. I just were like fucking faggot and i didn't even like move at all i was just walking and and it occurred to me i was like wait like normally this is my cue to like be angry and be like pissed off and be like fucking like my day room. they said that to me yeah they said that to me like to my face and then yeah. you just sort of I just like, I, I didn't even look up. I was just like, huh. Yeah. And I just kept walking and I realized then I was just like, wow, like something has changed. Something yeah. really has changed and I couldn't I've do it myself. I've had similar, similar experiences where, yeah. uh, some, and, and I was, I laugh about it. Me personally, I think it's funny when someone's angry at me for, for no particular reason, I can understand why you would have a reason to be angry at me. If he was angry at me on the road or something, and and you flip me off, blow the heart. I think it's hilarious. I had a guy. It made my day. I'm pulling a trailer and I'm driving on the interstate, and I must have never been going fast enough for him. And he comes, he comes whipping behind me, and he gets on the side of me. And meh, meh, he hits the horn, and I look naturally, and he's got the finger up, and he's looking straight ahead. Didn't even look at me. I said, "Well, that's interesting. Like, don't look at me for me to be able to flip you off back." You know, and I was like, good strategy, buddy. Well played. And I just thought that was hilarious, you know. And so most people would have been, oh, dude, outraged by that. You know what I mean? And it's just like I've had similar experiences to that as well. Yep. Cool stuff, bro. Thank you for listening to Gonzo School and for following and liking and sharing and all those wonderful things over on social media. 
can find information about us or about this episode in the show notes. And you can stay up to date with our latest projects over at gonzoschool.com, where we're fighting to bring you alternative media for alternative people. 